Long history, Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana. Point 16. Gold Mines and Crystal Mountains. Hello and welcome to Long History, where we take source documents from history and split them up into chunks of around 10 minutes. If you like the idea of listening to historic adventures in all their detail, this is the place to be. We're covering a document by Sir Walter Raleigh at the moment. It's his document called The Discovery of Guyana, which is about his search for El Dorado. Raleigh wants to impress Queen Elizabeth of England with this document and to make the case for an English conquest of the area. We're heading quickly towards the end of this document now and Raleigh has already reached the outer limits of his journey and is now heading back to Trinidad. If you haven't listened to the first few episodes already, I'm sure they're just a few clicks and taps away. And please subscribe to be informed of the release of the remaining episodes. There's only two left in this series. So with Raleigh in the strange timescale of this document, more or less heading back to where he began, he's still exploring the land, but in this episode he focuses on the riches that might be available. In the previous episode, he tried to persuade a leader called Topiawari to help him go and conquer a town called Makuraguarai. This town was said to be full of gold. However, Topiawari was reluctant to take part in this expedition, stating in particular that it was the wrong time of year for an attack. We will see that here, instead, he offers to let Raleigh take his son back to England in exchange for leaving two Englishmen. It all seems to be very amicable. Now, as always in this document, Raleigh is, to a certain extent, spinning a tale out of the, don't know quite how to put it, out the not very successful journey he undertakes. Essentially, he goes up and down the Orinoco River and its tributaries, but the thing he wanted to find, El Dorado is still out of reach. So he's constantly trying to prove his case that it must exist, it must be somewhere. He's heard this man say where it is, and that person say, and knows about those people... And there are a few names mentioned in this episode itself, two worth noting are Manoa, which is said to be the city of gold, and is the real name of El Dorado. Another word used quite a bit is Orinocoponi. This is the name used for the inhabitants of the Orinoco River area, while the Orinoco River tends to be called the Orinoque in this text. So as this episode begins, Raleigh is somewhat disappointedly finishing his discussions with the leader, Topiawari, after this rather disappointing situation, however, he does find some hope. Raleigh considers that he has laid down good foundations for a return visit by the English. So, this is Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Point 16, Gold Mines and Crystal Mountains. After that I had resolved, Topiawari, Lord of Aramaya, that I could not at this time leave with him the companies he desired, and that I was contented to forbear the enterprise against the Epureme till the next year, he freely gave me his only son to take with me into England, and hoped that though he himself had but a short time to live, yet that by our means his son should be established after his death. And I left with him one Francis Sparrow, a servant of Captain Gifford, who was desirous to tarry and could describe a country with his pen, and a boy of mine called Hugh Goodwin to learn the language. I after asked the manner how the Epureme wrought those plates of gold, and how they could melt it out of the stone. He told me that most of the gold which they made in plates and images was not severed from the stone, but that on the lake of Manoa, and in a multitude of other rivers, they gathered it in grains of perfect gold, and in pieces as big as small stones, and they put it to a pot of copper, 
otherwise they could not work it, and that they used a great earthen pot with holes round about it, and when they had mingled the gold and copper together, they fastened canes to the holes, and so, with the breath of men, they increased the fire till the metal ran. And then they cast it into moulds of stone and clay, and so make those plates and images. I have sent your honours of two swords such as I could by chance recover, more to show the manner of them than for the value. For I did not, in any sort, make my desire of gold known, because I had neither time nor power to have a great quantity. I gave among them many more pieces of gold than I received, of the new money of twenty shillings, with Her Majesty's picture, to wear, with promise that they would become her servants thenceforth. I have also sent your honours of the ore, whereof I know some is as rich as the earth yieldeth any, of which I know there is sufficient, if nothing else were to be hoped for. But besides that we were not able to tarry and search the hills, so we had neither pioneers, bars, sledges, nor wedges of iron to break the ground, without which there is no working in mines. But we saw all the hills with stones of the colour of gold and silver, and we tried them to be no marcasite, and therefore, such as the Spaniards call El Madre del Oro, the mother of gold, which is an undoubted assurance of the general abundance. And myself saw the outside of many mines of the spa, which I know to be the same that all covet in this world, and of those more than I will speak of. Having learned what I could in Canuri and Aramaya, and received a faithful promise of the principalest of those provinces to become servants to Her Majesty, and to resist the Spaniards if they made any attempt in our absence, and that they would draw in the nations about the lake of Casipa and those of Iwarawakeri, I then parted from old Topiawari, and received his son for a pledge between us, and left with him two of ours, as aforesaid. To Francis Sparrow I gave instructions to travel to Makuraguarai, with such merchandises as I left with them, thereby to learn the place, and if it were possible, to go on to the great city of Manoa, which, being done, we weighed anchor and coasted the river on Guyana's side, because we came upon the north side by the lawns of the Saima and Wikiri. There came with us from Aramaya a cacique called Putima, that commanded the province of Warapana, which Putima slew the nine Spaniards upon Caroli, before spoken of, who desired us to rest in the port of his country, promising to bring us unto a mountain adjoining to his town that had stones of the colour of gold, which he performed. And after we had rested there one night, I went myself in the morning with most of the gentlemen of my company overland towards the said mountain, marching by a riverside called Mana, leaving on the right hand a town called Tuteritona, standing in the province of Taracoa, of which Waria Aremagoto is principal. Beyond it lieth another town towards the south, in the valley of Amariocapana, which beareth the name of the said valley, whose plains stretch themselves some sixty miles in length, east and west, as fair ground and as beautiful fields as any man hath ever seen, with diverse copses scattered here and there by the river's side, and all as full of deer as any forest or park in England, and in every lake and river the like abundance of fish and fowl, of which Iraparagota is lord. 
From the river of Mana, we crossed another river in the said beautiful valley called Oyana, and rested ourselves by a clear lake which lay in the middle of the said Oyana. And one of our guides, kindling us fire with two sticks, we stayed a while to dry our shirts, which with the heat hung very wet and heavy on our shoulders. Afterwards we sought the ford to pass over towards the mountain called Ikonuri, where Potichma foretold us of the mine. In this lake we saw one of the great fishes as big as a wine pipe, which they called manati, being most excellent and wholesome meat. But, after I perceived that to pass the said river would require half a day's march more, I was not able myself to endure it, and therefore I sent Captain Chemis with six shot to go on, and gave him order not to return to the port of Potichma, which is called Chiparapari, but to take leisure and to march down the said valley as far as a river called Kumaka, where I promised to meet him again, Putihma himself promising also to be his guide. And as they marched, they left the towns of Emparapana and Kapurepana on the right side, and marched from Putihma's house down the said valley of Amariokapana. And we returning the same day to the river's side, saw, by the way, many rocks like unto gold ore, and on the left side a round mountain which consisted of mineral stone. From hence we rode down the stream, coasting the province of Parino. As for the branches of rivers which I overpass in this discourse, those shall be better expressed in the description, with the mountains of Ayo, Ara and the rest, which are situate in the provinces of Parino and Caricurina. When we were come as far down as the land called Ariacoa, where Orenoque divideth itself into three great branches, each of them being most goodly rivers, I sent away Captain Henry Thin and Captain Greenville with the galley the nearest way, and took with me Captain Gifford, Captain Caulfield, Edward Porter, and Captain Enos with mine own barge and the two wherries, and went down that branch of Orenoque, which is called Cararupana, which leadeth towards Emeria, the province of Carapana, and towards the East Sea, as well to find out Captain Chemis, whom I had sent overland, as also to acquaint myself with Carapana, who is one of the greatest of all the lords of the Orinoqueponi. And when I came to the river of Kumaka, to which Putihma promised to conduct Captain Chemis, I left Captain Enos and Captain Porter in the said river to expect his coming, and the rest of us rode down the stream towards Emeria. In this branch, called Cararupana, were also many goodly islands, some of six miles long, some of ten, and some of twenty. When it grew towards sunset, we entered a branch of a river that fell into Orinoque, called Winnicapora, where I was informed of the mountain of crystal, to which, in truth, for the length of the way and the evil season of the year, I was not able to march, nor abide any longer upon the journey. We saw it afar off, and it appeared like a white church tower of an exceeding height. There falleth over it a mighty river, which toucheth no part of the side of the mountain, but rusheth over the top of it, and falleth to the ground with so terrible a noise and clamour, as if a thousand great bells were knocked one against another. I think there is not in the world so strange an overfall, nor so wonderful to behold. Berrio told me that there were diamonds and other precious stones on it, and that they shined very far off, 
but what it hath I know not. Neither durst he nor any of his men ascend to the top of the said mountain, those people joining being his enemies as they were, and the way to it so impassable. Upon this river of Winnicapora we rested a while, and from thence marched into the country to a town called after the name of the river, whereof the captain was one Timitwara, who also offered to conduct me to the top of the said mountain, called Wakarima. But when we came in first to the house of the said Timitwara, being upon one of their said feast days, we found them all as drunk as beggars, and the pots walking from one to another without rest. We, that were weary and hot with marching, were glad of the plenty, though a small quantity satisfied us, their drink being very strong and heady, and so rested ourselves a while. After we had fed, we drew ourselves back to our boats upon the river, and there came to us all the lords of the country, with all such kind of victual as the place yielded, and with their delicate wine of pinas, with the abundance of hens and other provisions, and of those stones which we call spleen stones. We understood by these chieftains of Winnicapora that their lord, Carapana, was departed from Emeria, which was now in sight, and that he was fled to Cairamo, adjoining to the mountains of Guyana, over the valley called Amario Capana, being persuaded by those ten Spaniards which lay at his house that we would destroy him and his country. But after the caciques of Winnicapora and Saporatona, his followers, perceived our purpose, and saw that we came as enemies to the Spaniards only, and had not so much as harmed any of those nations, no, though we found them to be of the Spaniards' own servants, they assured us that Carapana would be as ready to serve us as any of the lords of the provinces which we had passed, and that he durst do no other till this day but entertain the Spaniards, his country lying so directly in their way, and next of all other to any entrance that should be made in Guyana on that side. And they further assured us that it was not for fear of our coming that he was removed, but to be acquitted of the Spaniards, or any other that should come hereafter. For the province of Cairoma is situate at the mountain foot which divideth the plains of Guyana from the countries of the Orinocoponi, by means whereof, if any should come in our absence into his towns, he would slip over the mountains into the plains of Guyana among the Epureme, where the Spaniards durst not follow him without great force. But in mine opinion, or rather I assure myself, that Carapana, being a notable, wise and subtle fellow, a man of one hundred years of age, and therefore of great experience, is removed to look on, and if he find that we return strong, he will be ours. If not, he will excuse his departure to the Spaniards, and say it was for fear of our coming. Raleigh continues his voyage, meeting various peoples along the way. He comes across a crystal mountain, and is perhaps a little too willing to believe what he is told about it. Much of his information comes from a man called Berrio, who has been mentioned a number of times in this document, but it is rather a dubious source of information, being the Spanish captain who Raleigh captured and imprisoned on Trinidad, before somehow it seems making friends with the man, or certainly getting quite familiar with him to find out all these tales of gold and crystal mountains. So thank you everyone for listening to the latest episode of Long History. I hope you've enjoyed it, and if so, please do give it a like. As I've said, there's two episodes left, so don't forget to subscribe. 
But above all, thank you for listening. This was Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Point 16, Gold Mines and Crystal Mountains. Goodbye.